in our world, correction is very, very difficult. Political correctness is something that has created a stifling atmosphere. The idea of the virtue of the world, called tolerance, makes us feel that if we try to correct another person, that we're somehow destroying their dignity or meant to offend them. It makes correction almost impossible. But we hear in the first reading that, from Ezekiel, when we do not correct the sinner, we are held responsible for their downfall. So correction is absolutely important. There's a few practical rules that we can take for correction from our gospel. One of the rules is to not give a correction of the moment. What that means is generally you take the person aside in quiet privately later, as our gospel tells us. It's also very helpful, second, to address in authority. If you and a colleague have something between you and there's something worthy of correction, if the authority is charitable and prudent, it's best to go to them, say what happened, what the correction needs to be, and that they give the correction. Then the balance of power is respected. They are able to use their judgment and say, yes, I as an authority believe this is a problem and desire to issue this correction. And if not, you've let it go. You've entrusted it to the person who has authority over both of you, and you can move on. And the third rule of thumb is when you do have to say a correction, that you do so simply. You don't dance around the topic, you don't apologize, and you don't try to defend your reasoning. Just say it simply and kindly. So those are our three practical tips for correction. However, even with these practical tips, correction is still very difficult. How do we act so as to have our correction received best? When we correct, whether the person receives it or not, depends not on the correction. Rather, it depends on the other things we have said and done to that individual. For example, I don't know if you've heard the rule of thumb for parenting. For every one criticism or correction, there ought to be five affirmations. Practically speaking for parents, if we try to teach our youth without their being open to us, they are likely to shut us out. Only when the other is disposed to listen to us can we tell the other how they must live. So the question is, if affirmation is so important in order to dispose the person to receive necessary correction, what is affirmation? One psychologist describes affirmation as this. If I want to affirm you, I need to be aware of your goodness, be moved by it, and reveal my delight in it. I reveal this attraction to you by the tenderness and delight revealed in my eyes, my gaze, my touch, my tone of voice, and my choice of words. This causes you to feel and sense and see that you are worthwhile. You come to feel and know who and what you are. 
The power of affirmation is incredible. It's being open to and aware of another person's goodness, receiving that, and then delighting in it and conveying that delight to the other. That's where the affirmation takes place. I see your goodness, and I love that goodness, and I have delight in that goodness, and I show you. That's how a true affirmation is made. The key to making a correction, then, is not so much about what we say in the moment. The key to making a good correction is the way we live and interact with the other the rest of the time. When the other knows that we love them and that we see their goodness, they would do almost anything because they know they're loved and that we believe in their goodness. The key to a good correction is affirmation. Affirmation. 